You commit your first murder as a teenager. The court decides you could be rehabilitated and you are released on probation after just three years of incarceration. Two years later, you become a serial killer after deciding you wish to experience again the euphoria you got from your first murder. The court this time recognised you could not be rehabilitated and would face the ultimate sanction that could be imposed, the death penalty. The first victim was your mother. This is the case of Yukio Yamaji and this is Murder Me on Monday. Yo, hello everyone, welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I am Cameron, joined with me. Mother, <laughs> are you laughing because I said yo? Yeah, I did. You <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that. <laughs> so, if you'd like to support us via Patreon, where you get early access and exclusive content, please do consider it. But a review, just hitting the star button, helps. And a huge thank you to those who've done that. So, on to this week's episode. What made you pick this case? I found it when I was researching episode sixty-six on Rika Okada. Mm. So we're back off to Japan. Oh, so it's a throwback from like 10, yeah. 15 episodes ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 21st of August, 1983, Yukio was born. His mother and father were not wealthy at all, quite poor, in fact. And he was an only child, which is not unusual in Japan, is it? They were all living together in Yamaguchi, a city of some 1.3 million people. And I just, I, I struggled with this because I just, my brain went Tamagotchi. Remember those bloody things? Yeah, it's slightly older than my generation, I think. It, your it'd be sibling, more, it'd be more my sisters. Yeah, yeah, your sister had one, and of course they couldn't do anything with it at school. And it was back in the nineties, and even then employers weren't particularly impressed with you having these things on your desk. And yeah, I did, it, I did kill it a few times. So um, his father died of cirrhosis of the liver caused by alcoholism when Yukio was only eleven, which is a crucial age, isn't it? And it was a huge financial blow, as his mother could only find employment working in the shop. Yukio wasn't going to set the world on fire as a success as an adult, because although he hated school, he also had no friends and a temper. One example given was smashing a window at school, which, if it was an accident, is one thing. But apparently it wasn't. He just lost it and he did it quite deliberately. Well, in the notes that you sent me, you've got him written down as he's a little shit and not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah. When I read that, I was laying in bed this morning and I read it and it made me laugh. It's just a funny way to describe someone. It's like at the start when you say you're a serial killer and someone listening to this is going to go and put the phone down. They're like, shit, they got me. He, 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 there could have been mental health problems, but I just don't think he was also, there wasn't very bright. The tales of him bullying other children and just generally being that kid. Well, can you blame him? Like, parent died young age from poverty background in, in Japan, so there's going to be a disparity between have and have not. So you're going to be poor, so you're probably not going to be educated by your parents, and you're not going to receive it in school because he's so messed up, he's going to mess around in school. But it doesn't excuse his behaviour. I know, obviously not. That's not because there are other, advocating yeah. for. But like, I, if you say, these are the... This is the scenario. Are you surprised that this that this is the outcome? Are no. you, if you are, yeah. come on, really? Mm. So no one was surprised when he dropped out of education after completing what was called junior high. And he managed to get a job delivering newspapers. You 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 say that as in as if it's like a bad thing. But you can start at five o'clock and finish around nine. You you get paid for it and that can allow people to do other jobs. I like Well he didn't, and it does, but it, it got, it may, I thought maybe two or three hours delivering newspapers. He wasn't earning 
he can't have done. Japan does have a minimum wage, which depends on the region and the employment sector. But an average is currently, and we're talking now, around the equivalent of $7.25 an hour or £6, which is a pittance. We know it's nothing. Yeah, again, that, that depends on the cost of living in the area. Yeah, well, he was in this large city, wasn't he? So being 16, it's also not surprising. He liked to hang around at a toy shop. There's a very big culture around toy shops and all that sort of stuff. So do you know in Japan it's illegal to gamble? Yes, that I'll get onto that so in a minute. So you have these, almost like these vending machines where you can just keep putting in money over and over again. You get the toy and there's literally a building next to it that you can just sell I the will thing. Ex- I will explain all of that a, later. Um, it's called a pachinki parlor. Oh, Is you, that on there as you've well? just blown yeah. three quarters ha- of the story. Well, I fucking haven't, but there you go, carry on. <laughs> so he's, he's hanging around this toy shop where he meets a girl he really got to like. First time he'd been able to properly talk to a woman because she was, and he connected with her. She was in her early 20s. He's 16. She's in her early 20s. He'd only ever known other schoolgirls. She's a woman. She's that... Yeah, mature and alluring as a 16-year-old. Yeah. yeah. When she found out how young he was, she wanted to break it off. It, not surprising. The age differential when you're that young is quite... Yeah, it's a large portion of your age. For example, if you're 15 and they're 20... That's 25% of your life. If you're 30 and they're 35, it's, it's, it's like a sixth, like who cares? Yeah. So Yukio was determined to keep on seeing her until his mother got suspicious about this new friend. And somehow or another, she got hold of this woman's phone number. Don't know how. She's mm, telling her to stay away from her teenage son would have perhaps been the move most mothers would have taken with this age-inappropriate relationship, but not Yukio's mother. She was making silent calls or hang-up calls to this other woman. It probably freaked the woman out, and she probably suspected it was Yukio's mother because he found out about it, and he and his mother got into a huge fight. It's kind of odd that the mother's instinct would be, don't talk to my teenage son obviously there's a power dynamic issue her being older him being younger but traditionally the the more harmful relationship is when there's an older man and a younger woman because the man obviously has the physical prowess over the woman Mm -hmm. but But maybe his mother knew he wasn't quite right there yeah yeah but i don't know she might be like lucy's not annoying me anymore go somewhere else and he's going to these arcades or whatever meeting people i don't know so he and his mother didn't get along at all they were dirt poor as i said Yet his mother had borrowed heavily, but she refused to tell him where this money had gone. Why should she? But I also get why he wanted to know. Plus, he was less, she apparently, she was less than complimentary about his father and how his dying had left them destitute. And he didn't like that. And he somewhat worshipped his father. It probably would have been, you know, if he hadn't have died, we wouldn't have been having this problem. It's all his fault, that kind of type. He did have cirrhosis, so it is his fault for drinking. Yeah, I know. I know. But he's not going to see that as a 16-year-old boy, is he? Yukio lost it. Here, all his resentment came to the surface. The fact that his mother had got into all this debt, and yet they had nothing, interfering in his love life, it all bubbled over, as it would with most teenagers. What he did next wasn't normal, however. He grabbed a metal baseball bat, you often have these hanging about, don't you? He smashed some glass. He likes breaking glass. We know that. 
and he hit his mother around the head with a baseball bat. He couldn't have hit her that hard initially, as apparently she wobbled off unsteadily on her feet, but she must have had bare feet because she cut herself quite badly on the broken glass. He realises that there's no turning back now, really, and proceeds to beat the life out of her. He couldn't tell how many times he hit her, and the autopsy couldn't tell either, as the blows were too numerous. Her face was unrecognisable, and she had multiple broken ribs. Now, that's anger, isn't it? That's repressed rage. That's everything. He's 16, that's all they are. Yeah, true. He doesn't panic. He doesn't call anybody. He cleans up. He hides his mother's body and carries on with his life for a couple of days. He even goes so far as to invite his lady friend over to the apartment to have lunch with him. He may have gotten away with it for a bit longer if he hadn't have asked his lady friend repeatedly if she could smell blood. She finds his mother's body and the police are called. I don't know where his mother's body was. In my head, it's behind a sofa, but I genuinely do not know. It's, there's nothing out there on that. He's obviously arrested and due to his age of 16, it goes to a family or juvenile court. He admits everything, says it was all because she did not tell me what she used her borrowed money for and she complained about my father and trying to interfere in his life, so he lashed out. The court felt that because it wasn't premeditated, his father dying and the financial problems, he could be reformed. Fair enough. He was sent to a juvenile detention centre. Again, fair enough. I'm going to ask a question and you're not, you're not going to know the answer. They're going to have evidence of him not performing very well in school, aren't they? Being from mm-hmm. like an impoverished background. Mm-hmm. Is there any evidence of him actually gaining anything from being in this rehabilitation place? No. So, okay. You've got a boy that's had a history of anger, at least, because him getting into fights and stuff at school and smashing stuff. And then... Oh, I lie. I lie. He did. He did actually do. It, there was... The availability for him to do. Did quali- he do that though? You yes, said he did. Availability. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm wondering, you've you've got a boy that's got a, a somewhat history of violence, smashing stuff, then smashing his mum's head in, and then he goes to this like juvenile place, and then he leaves. He has no support structure, no ability to do anything else. He's he's what you're expecting the outcome to be from that point. And, well, and I'm not saying you have to remove all personal responsibility and, and be like, oh well, pff, well treated me shit, so I get to do what I want. But it, he's just going to kind of return to it again, or have nothing and become a fucker. Well, let's let's get into that a little bit. He, he actually buckled down and he did get the, a number of qualifications, apparently. But I That's don't good. know what they were. They may have been absolutely useless and pointless. They could have led on to something. I don't know. He was also put through a load of psychological tests, which apparently revealed he had a developmental disorder that prevented him from forming lasting relationships. I can think of half a dozen mental illnesses or disorders that this could apply to but what he was diagnosed with is not revealed it's too vague yeah it's possibly not even labeled as japan is one of these countries that isn't good with mental health issues there's a lot of stigma associated around depression and even real you know full-on mental illnesses even developmental delays and disorders are a problem for such a rigid society they 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 struggle with that concept Authorities decide that he can be released on probation as he was, get this phrase, I know it's translated, but even so, mentally repaired in 2003. And he was housed in what sounded like a halfway house for three years. 
It's called a correction and protection facility. He was lucky in that he was sent to the juvenile place as prisons in Japan are nothing like they are in the West. Remember last week's episode where we talked about uh, Christine having the ump with the Swedish prison system? Yeah. Right. There are 62 prisons in Japan. You get a number. You are not allowed to have your name. You do not speak unless spoken to and have to share a cell with anything up to 12 other inmates. If you even make eye contact with a guard, you can get beaten. That's the Japanese system. So he was lucky he was in this juvenile one where he gets these qualifications, whatever they were. So just before he was actually paroled, he made a statement to his lawyer, which in hindsight is rather chilling. He told him that he was sorry for killing his mother and added... It could not be helped. Hmm. He's at the facility until he has what's called a coming-of-age ceremony. It's a Japanese tradition that marks the moment a young person reaches maturity. So he hit 21. Just three months after this ceremony, he leaves the facility telling staff, there's a woman waiting for me once I leave here. And I assume he's had no contact with said woman at all so this whole period of time. Correct. Like, what, five years? Yes. 16 to 21? Correct. 21? Yeah. He thinks he can find her and rekindle what they once had. The, the odds of her remaining in the, the same place for this period of time is probably p- pretty low. You'd have packed and run like hell. You wouldn't have seen me for dust. No. Mm. She found his mother's body, for God's sake. You wouldn't want to be around someone like that, would you? No, that's, a, that's putting it lightly. Yeah, exactly. So he goes to his grandmother's when he leaves this facility. And I suspect it was his maternal grandmother. Because when she asks him if he was going to see his mother's grave, visit his mother's grave, his response was rather telling. I'm not going anywhere where she is. He swiftly leaves his grandmother's and hits a brick wall financially. Is it only his grandmother as there's no grandfather? Yeah, that's that's all I could find. There's no paternal grandmother? I couldn't find anything. I assume not, otherwise you would have gone to them. Yeah. Now, there is unemployment benefit in Japan, but it's an insurance policy and it's defined by you having worked in the preceding two years and you can get roughly 80% of your previous salary. You will not get anything if you worked 20 hours a week or less or had been a student. And what's even worse, it's only paid for 90 days. The higher your previous salary, the less you will get, as the assumption is you will have savings. I could not find any kind of safety net for ex-convicts. So he has no money. He hasn't worked. And despite these qualifications, seems he is unemployable. You know that bit that I said about five minutes ago? Yeah. It's funny that, isn't it? Yep. And he still can't find that woman. He leaves Yamaguchi and managed to get a short-lived job in a pachinko parlour. And for those that have... Is pachinki? Pachinko. No, it's got KO. No. And for those that haven't seen it, think of it's like, like Cameron said, it's like slot machines, but it's got ball bearings. And it's basically a big arcade. And the idea is, you, what, you're waving your hands to tell me to shut up? No, you want to no, no. Okay. I'm just waving my hands because I talk with my hands. 
you basically like an arcade where you win like a token or you win toys because there's no gambling allowed but this this isn't gambling it's a game and then you can directly take that toy or token then somewhere and then receive the, the thing so in a lot of cases it might be like a pokemon thing and you win like a pokemon card or a pack of pokemon cards or uh, a plushie or a uh, pop vinyl any kind of like memorabilia pick whatever famous like cartoon anime thing you liked as a kid there's stuff like that in the pachinki parlors i think they also allow smoking or they used to because if you look in the ceilings of a lot of these places they're just like doused in what looks like grease because how much people smoked probably yeah from way back in the day they probably also banned smoking indoors as well but it's it's like it's like gambling but you're no longer winning money these these pachinko parlors they're really weird if you ever watch you can you know you can hop online and just see what they're really noisy and really busy and really loud and cameron's just completely taken out about two paragraphs of my script by aptly describing exactly what happens you get these tokens and you can swap them and all right he spends a lot of time in these places and he was suspected of stealing any cash he could grab but he was never actually caught there's actually quite a lot of gang activity around pachinko parlors and he falls in with the gang quite predictably well, it's it's organized gambling, isn't it? Yes. So of course you're gonna, yes. of course you're gonna have organized crime. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this. It's really common in, especially slot machines, because that's an unskill based form of gambling. Yeah. Something like uh, blackjack, poker. That's a form of skill because you're gonna count the cards, so then you can then gain an advantage or a skill. Because mm-hmm. you can learn what happens with the cards. You can learn what hands are better than others. Statistics, right? You can you can improve skill. A slot machine, a slot machine. You have no ability to win. But you can play blackjack on machines and people still think they can beat them and just like no you can't because it's because it's a machine it's going to pre-design x amount of yeah exactly there's a minimum of rate the minimum rate they have to give out as a win yes but in a lot of these places people that are playing on the machines they wear diapers and nappies and stuff Mm. because they think i've been playing for an hour it's gonna pay out so they have to stay there and especially with stuff like the pachinko bar like because in japan as well don't don't know if you know this but the people that travel to and from work they often wear Yes, I did like know that. Incontinent stuff because they're gonna, because they can't. They, there's no toilets in these places, and they might be traveling for four hours, yep. so they have to do it. And because I'm looking at pictures of the pachinko parlors now, and it's crazy. Yes, it, it doesn't. It does look fun because it's so bright and colorful, and it, it would it would be doing like the fun noises for a very short period of time. I would think you would have thought somebody maybe with developmental problems, it would have become overwhelming. Possibly, yeah. In my mind, anyway. But he falls in with this organized crime gang quite predictably and he travels japan with these guys stealing whatever he could whenever he could they were not friends with him they mostly didn't like him they found they couldn't take him to these hostess clubs you know the kind of things that they have he wouldn't interact with the women Uh, he just sort of stood there and stared at them and made the women uncomfortable and these guys thought he was just an absolute drag He somehow or another, though, gets enough money together to rent a place in a block of flats in Osaka, but regularly goes back to Yamaguchi, which is roughly 300 miles away, to look for his dream woman. You know, where is she? She's out there. Yeah. That is until he spots two sisters who lived in the same block as him in Osaka. Chirio Urahara who was 19, and her 27-year-old sister, Asuka, shared a flat, and they had no idea who Yukio was. They'd never met him, never had anything to do with him. But he knew who they were, and he was especially interested in Asuka, the older sister, 
as according to him, she reminded him of his lost love from Yamaguchi. 17th of November 2005. A fire was reported in the flat that Asuka and Achirio shared. Authorities break in and find the girls dead, having been stabbed multiple times. It doesn't take long for the police to realise that Yukio, with his history, is living in the same place, and he was brought to the police station on the 5th of December for questioning. He immediately confesses, but as always, it's the details that make this so gruesome. So here's the warning. He had broken into the apartment waiting for the girls, and Asuka came home first, and he attacked her. Then Chirio shortly afterwards. Using a butcher's knife, he stabbed both girls in the face and chest and sexually assaulted them. There's no mention of where this knife comes from. I suspect it's from their place. I don't think he's got the wherewithal to bring one with him. He said, When I pulled the knife out of one sister's chest, I saw her leaning back and my excitement became extreme and I got a complete erection. I cut her hand with a knife to increase my sexual arousal. I stabbed her right breast with a knife. I want to say that's that's super atypical because the adrenaline that's going to be running through you is going to give you like adrenaline dick. Actually, it's going to shrink and go in you. That, that, that's really weird that he's had that reaction. I, th- I think it's called fight dick where you get adrenaline <laughs> and he gets like sucked up so for him to have that reaction is oh, really there's, weird there's, there's that's, worse. that's telling there's some kind of wires yeah there's there. worse to come right he says the reason I killed them was because I had a lot of fun and I couldn't forget when I killed my mother a long time ago so I decided to kill again and killed them the target could have been anyone just not these two I wanted to see blood so I'm not sure I believe a lot of that. She reminded him of his lost love. Was it an act of revenge because he couldn't find her? He then admits to ejaculating when killing them, the same as he had done when he killed his mother. Oh, that fuck? had been hidden away until this murder, and it was deeply buried in the reports yeah, I read. I don't blame it for being deeply buried. That was <laughs> fucking horrible, isn't it? But that goes to what you just said. There is something seriously, seriously not right there yeah it's, it's fair to say it's slightly disordered isn't it mm. it gets even better then he says after the sexual assault and murders he smoked a cigarette on the balcony he stole 5,000 yen it's roughly 40 dollars or 30 pounds in today's money and a lighter uh the, the only conversion rate that i know is from yen into aud i know australian dollars to yen rather than like pounds yeah yeah, yeah. So the lighter was only significant in that it was his trophy. And I immediately thought of you with spoons. Spoons. Yeah. yeah. It was a special one that belonged to one of the sisters and could be identified as such. It was definitely his trophy. Yeah, it'd be like in, it could be something weird as it being engraved. Yeah. There's, there's with, very the na- with the name on it. Which one? That's, are you dumb? Yeah. But uh, again... Well, I don't, he is. That's why he did it, I guess. But I yeah. don't speak Japanese, so this was difficult. He set fire to the flat and left... And he buried the knife at a local shrine, which I still can't work out if that was him hiding it. It could or be some weird like, religious symbolism. Yeah, I, I couldn't. That, that was swiftly glossed over. So he goes to trial in May of 2006. His defence team did try. They argued that he could not differentiate between right and wrong when he committed the crime and felt he wasn't competent enough to stand trial. 
The defence team also ordered that Yukio have a full psychiatric evaluation to understand the extent of any mental problems or illnesses that he may have had. Now, I assume they'll be able to go back and look at the historical data of him being at this detention Mm -hmm. Mm centre. Okay. But they would have known about that, but they're not allowed to reveal it to the court, are they? No, because it's like a past crime. It's not yeah. separate. It has to be based on the evidence of the, of the crime committed the current, on, on yeah. its own, to stand, it's by, o- as stand by itself. Yeah. yeah, it's only usually in the penalty phase that they're allowed to bring these in, unless it's specific and it was about um, showing that they had a predilection for this type of thing. And yeah, this um, is Japan, so I'm not really sure about their, their judicial system. I know it's a it's a panel out there as opposed to a jury. It's, it's so different than what we'd experience. Yeah. yeah. So after this evaluation, the defence told the court that Yukio suffered from Asperger's syndrome and stated he was unfit to stand trial. The judge was like, nah. The prosecutors, they insisted Yukio was mentally competent and the trial was allowed to continue. So we've talked before about how the Japanese attitude to mental illness is and how it's considered shameful. You wouldn't even admit to depression. So why the defence seemed to actually didn't bring in what he'd been previously diagnosed with, but not that we actually know what it was. They may have had access to it, but they didn't seem to raise it as a defence. Well, they are, by virtue of them being Japanese, going to be part of that culture as well. So they're probably yeah. also going to be mm-hmm. considering it a stigma or something negative, something that isn't real. Or... Or, slash also, depending on if like a jury, I don't know what it's like in Japan, they might not want to play on to the jury because the jury might be like, oh, he's one of those. I believe it's a judge and two. Oh, like two people. Oh, so the judge just decides. Okay. Yeah. That's justice. And I, I wondered as well whether it was the case that the defence didn't want to throw another government institution under the bus for releasing it as being fixed when he actually obviously wasn't. So Yukio didn't help his case at all. As he told the court, he would probably kill again if released and there was not one scintilla of regret or remorse. So that pretty much sealed his fate. The judge saying that if he'd showed one shred of contrition, he may not have handed down the death penalty on the 13th of December 2006. 28th of July 2009... Yukio Yamaji was executed by hanging at the age of 25 in Osaka. He was the youngest killer in Japan that had been executed for 37 years. So two and a half years between sentencing and execution. May seem super fast, but it's the norm, I believe. They don't drag things out there for 20 years. His lawyers wanted to appeal, but he refused And they said at the end he was worn out. He'd lost a lot of weight and he just wanted it over with. So let's go back to the Asperger's bit. Now, I knew the name had been changed or its perception had. And this is a direct quote coming in for Autism Org in the UK. It says, many people who fit the profile for Asperger's are now being diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder instead. Each person is different. And it's up to each individual how they chose, choose to identify. Some people with a diagnosis of Asperger's may choose to keep using that term. So the reason behind the accepted name change, well, Hans, I didn't know all of this. Hans Asperger was a prominent figure in the early research into autism. He worked as a paediatrician in Austria in the 20th century, including during the time of the Nazis. 
An eight-year study into his relationship with the Nazi regime was published in 2018, concluding that he insisted in their euthanasia programme. Regardless of where he sat within that, Yukio definitely related to the world in a unique way, didn't he? There was absolutely no empathy. And I do wonder how much of his attitude was shaped by the culture over there on porn. And I didn't stay long looking at it. Now, I know you're into anime, Cameron, and stuff, but I didn't want to spend too much time reading up on it and all the variants and the like. You also have the strangeness of um, Hikikomori, which I wondered about when he quit school, but he did get a job he didn't hide away. It's generally thought that this phenomenon was all males that did this, but it's not. Apparently, it's actually 50% of women too. And I didn't realise violence towards their parents is very common. It's where they, they literally, that's it, I'm not going out anymore. They take to their bedrooms and they just don't come out. They might stay in the house, but mostly they lock their doors and they just do not come out. It seems to be become prevalent in one generation only. And these are coming up to around 30 to 40 years old. And the authorities are worrying in Japan what will happen when the parents who are either enabling the adult children or simply frightened of them die or get too sick or too poor to care for them. Links as usual if you want to read more about it. So matricide or parasite is a killing of one's mother or parent. Still relatively unusual as only 1% of murder cases. And it's also almost completely unheard of in Japanese society. I'm surprised it's not a higher ratio than that. Mm, I did. A lot of people have like a, a spitefulness towards their parents because they might blame them for something. So I'm surprised it's mm-hmm. not higher. Mm-hmm. One study from Canada found that 64 cases involving parasite, the perpetrator had schizophrenia and men were more likely to actually be the victims of the murders, not the mothers. It was the fathers. There were 60% of them. And another study found that with matricide, most prominent characteristics, severe mental illness, domineering mother, a hostile dependent relationship with the mother, a passive or withdrawn father, and of course, there was no father, and the mother probably was dominant, especially with the ringing of the girlfriend. Something that struck me throughout all the research on this, and it wasn't fun, absolutely nowhere is Yukio's mother's name mentioned. And I find that unbelievably sad and disrespectful. We might find disrespectful in in our culture, but in their culture, it might not be to put the name of the victim out there because you don't know what connection that might make to the rest of the family. I'm just, I'm I'm grasping at straws. I don't know. In in our culture, they might not say the name of the victim because you don't, obviously it's not, but you don't know what embarrassment that might bring to the family knowing that your cousin was killed by this person and then you you might get looked down weirdly. I don't know what Uh, the culture is. Well, no, they are big on shame, aren't they? We know that. So, yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. I, I, I went through. When I got to the end of the research, I went then back through everything, looking intent, and I could not find her name at all anywhere. It might be something we don't name the name of a killer if they're under a certain age. Yeah, they might not name the victim if it's like a family member, if it's whatever, whatever. I don't know. Well, the two girls, um, her, the two girls that were murdered, their fathers really, really struggled. Um, he's in a few of the reports. He's absolutely. Devastated. The girls were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was. It was awful. Absolutely awful. And finally, the victims who should not be forgotten: 
Mrs. Yamaji, aged 50, Asuka Yurihara, aged 27, Achiriho Yurihara, aged 19. Well done for saying those names, by the way. I've still don't know. You did do that in one take. Yeah. After some wine. Yes. So that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. Email us at Murder Me Monday Podcast at gmail.com. My Instagram is Camp Can't Focus. You can find the Patreon and the show notes below, description, etc. All that good stuff. Like, comment, review, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to be recording a Patreon exclusive episode very, very shortly. It's all written, it's all ready to go. So we just need to find the time to record it. And that will be dropping very, very soon. So we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Peace.